the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Innovators Network. Welcome to the heart of innovation. 60 minutes that can save life and limb with new breakthrough ideas and innovation changing the healthcare landscape. Brought to you by patient advocacy group, thewaytomyheart.org. In partnership with Cardiovascular System Incorporated's patient advocacy campaign, Take a Stand Against Amputation. Here are your hosts for the Heart of Innovation, Emmy Award-winning journalist and founder of The Way to My Heart, Kim McNicholas, and interventional cardiologist and founder of the Save My Piggies Health Education Series, Dr. John Phillips. We improve our mental health in the face of adversity. One in four adults suffers from a diagnosable mental disorder in any given year. People with chronic physical illnesses are twice as likely to suffer from anxiety or depression as their physically healthy counterparts. Coach Christine Meyer, author of Keep It Simple Smarty Pants, says the biggest mistake people make in trying to dig their way out of depression is trying to dig their way out uh, with the wrong shovel, basically jumping from depression to happiness. She says over and over and over again, you just can't get from, you know, sad to happy with just the snap of your fingers. She says, don't even try. It's not worth it. She explains that it's a guaranteed recipe for failure. During this episode, we are talking to Christine about creative games that we can play with our mind that guide us step by step by step to better feeling thoughts, which become more sustainable. Christine demonstrates how effective her methods are by coaching three patients live who have peripheral artery disease, which is restricted blood flow in mainly the leg arteries that cause debilitating pain and ultimately depression along with that. So you don't really want to miss this impactful hour that could save your mind and put you at ease for the very first time in a long time. So I think this is going to be a really good show, John. I would concur. Um, number one, uh, happy Saturday, Kim. Hope you had a had a good week. I had an interesting week that we can talk about shortly here. But with respect to the show, a lot of our previous episodes have been kind of uh, focusing on mindfulness and having positive mm-hmm. outlooks, uh, particularly in patients who suffer chronic medical ailments. So I think this is going to be particularly poignant and I'm really excited to he- hear how this online therapy session is, is going to um, unfold. So this should be fun. I think it's going to be helpful for all of us. I mean, I'm in such a great mindset. The number one thing that we always talk about when it comes to getting in the right mindset is going out and exercising. So already this morning, I was out. I just completed a 5K with my 80-year-old dad. Uh, One of my greatest mentors in the entire world was a man by the name of John Cardinale, who believed in me in the very beginning of my broadcast days and gave me the opportunity to become the very first person to have their own dedicated racing show that 
in Finian Raceway sponsored. It's one of a couple road courses on the NASCAR uh, circuit. And um, he passed away, unfortunately, of stomach cancer. So today, um, John Cardinale's army marched all the way around the track and um, in his honor and his memory. So it was really, really good. That's that's fantastic. It's always great to be able to, uh, you know, take up a cause or, or uh, you know, maintain someone's legacy through whatever it is. But uh, exercise is, is, a, is a good thing. And uh, we always uh, men the patients who have coronary disease, peripheral arterial disease to try to stay healthy. And um, on that same note, I've just finished a three mile ruck run. I have like this rucksack from one of my partners who got me into this. So I had a 45 pound um, like weight attached to this thing. I was running around my neighborhood. <laughs> I think. Yeah, what is the attraction of the whole thing? My younger brother, Chad, does that as well. He was so excited when he got this big bag that he gets to wear on his back when he runs now. Yeah. I don't I mean, understand I, the lure. I, th- I think it's just. This soldier, the notion of training like what a soldier does, I I believe the Marines do rucking and there are ruck events that you can do. And for me, it was just kind of an opportunity to to do something a little bit different. But uh, I don't know. I I, I think I looked silly, uh, but nonetheless, it was a good workout. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you feel good afterwards, though. See, it raises your spirit. You're exactly right. Right. I mean, we are in a positive frame of mind right now. And it's so different from when I um, woke up this morning to a message, which I will share in just a few moments. But before we get to that, because it's going to lead us right into our guest for the day, Christine, I think we need a moment of inspiration. We do. Dr. John Phillips, spectacular, vascular moment of inspiration. You know, honestly, John, I don't care if anyone else doesn't like this. It makes me laugh every single time. It does. There, there are two things that make me laugh. Well, number one, when I hear the the intro to the show, I always feel like, oh, this is this is going to be a good time. And then, yes, the uh, spectacular vascular uh, inspiration. Thank you again, kinda, Mike, our producer. Yes, yes, thank you, producer Mike. You're so welcome. I have t- I have two quotes, and I was just these are real simple, but I think since the show is is uh, to some degree talking about mindfulness and 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 happy and being happy and and um uh, i also was just reviewing um a book called the good life in the wall street journal which, which i think i'd like to ask christine's thoughts about but nonetheless i've got my first quote is from mother Teresa, and and she said there is no key to happiness the door is always open and then the next quote is from oh, marcus wow, Aurelius. i love that yeah, I know. I mean, like everyone, happiness is all around you. You just have to kind of find it and, and be in that right frame of mind, in my opinion. Um, and then Marcus Aurelius said, very little is needed to make a happy life. It is all within yourself, in your way of thinking. And so on that note, I'll learn how to think happy here, I think. I actually think we should bring in Christine really quick to weigh in on those because I can see a big smile on her face <laughs> just hearing you say that. <laughs> <laughs> he picked the perfect quotes, didn't he, Christine? It, it, they both could not be more perfect. There is no key to happiness, and it is all within inside of you. So those are great quotes, great way to start the today's conversation, for sure. Every once in a while, I get it. Every once in a while, we get it right, Christine. <laughs> and I love your intro. That's really good. I like it a lot. <laughs> You know, it's it's all about the door. You know, happiness is there and it's it's literally um, 
yeah, you don't need a key. It's just right in front of you. And it's very empowering to think that we actually can control it. I think that's very cool. We we can, and and it also can feel out of our control because when you are down deep in the hole, the rabbit hole where rabbits multiply a lot, it's really, it can feel, happiness can feel like a very elusive goal or elusive reality. And so, and just as I speak, a stink bug just showed up here on my desk. Anyway, um <laughs> That's not there a sign. Go. It's going to join us. Sign. It's going to listen in. Um, even so, when life stinks, you can find Even happiness. when life stinks, even when life stinks, see the stink showed up and stink bug showed up and it made me smile. So that really is the point. I mean, there's going to be stinky stuff in your life. Thank you, stink bug, for showing up because it was very timely. There, In everybody's life, there there is some stink. And, and it's what you do with that stink. And yes, there are... Mm, degrees, if you will, for lack of a better word, of stinkiness. Some people are suffering more than others, yes. And it can feel harder when you're suffering in pain, uncomfortable, to find any happiness. And what I'm here for today is to help people understand that it is simpler than you might think, and it is in smaller steps than you might think. So any shift, any focus, any distraction to something that feels better than what you're currently focused on is good work. Is it solving all of your problems? Is it, is it, is it making that struggle, whatever that situation, that condition is, go away in the moment? No, but you, you want to understand that taking those little opportunities of happiness, of distraction that are taking you from the thing that is really consuming you and onto something else that feels better is good work. And that's all it takes. That's all it takes to repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, do it again and again and again. It's like anything. It takes practice. Like anything takes practice. You don't get good at anything unless you continue to practice it and make it a habit, integrate it as a habit. Now to break an old habit of more negative thought, of more digging in the hole and discovering what's in the hole. And any hole you dig, if you keep digging, there's more to, to find and you're, you're not going to get out. So any good practice is simply say, asking yourself, do I want to stay in this hole? Do I want and to co- stay here? And coming up right here on The Heart of Innovation, she's going to tell us exactly what to practice. So stay with us right here on The Heart of Innovation. Leg health can indicate risk for heart attack, stroke, and amputation. If you have leg pain or cramps while walking, get checked for peripheral artery disease, or PAD. PAD is plaque buildup in mainly the leg arteries. Be sure to ask your physician for an ankle brachial index, also called an ABI test, where they use blood pressure cuffs to analyze the blood pressure in your legs. If they discover you have arterial plaque that's limiting blood flow to your feet, medicine and a regimented walking program are frontline treatment. If PAD is in its advanced stages, your physician may schedule a surgical intervention. Minimally invasive tools are available to remove plaque and restore blood flow, including cardiovascular system's Diamondback 360 atherectomy system, which sands away plaque that is a hard calcium. It's important to discuss all options with your physician, and if told you have no options, get a second opinion. Take a stand against amputation. For more information, go to standagainstamputation.com. That's standagainstamputation.com. Welcome back to the Heart of Innovation. 
For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We are joined by and with Christine Meyer, who is a life coach, and she wrote the book, Keep It Simple, Smarty Pants. So, Christine, why did you write this book? Why did you name it that? Because I I think that's kind of a a cute little um, title. And I also like the way the book is kind of designed with a lot of large font and things. Like, just tell us a little bit about the history of the book, if you don't mind. Well, I wrote the book because I couldn't help myself, number one. This is what I live and breathe every day and and have been asking and questioning myself about and learning about since I was born is how I really feel about it. And I I coach people who tend to be overthinkers. And most of us are. Our brains want to think. And so the inspiration for the book was to really let people know that they have more charge, more agency over how they feel and how they create their lives than they often give themselves credit for. And I wanted to to lay the big picture, the foundation of who you truly are as a human being. You're not just human. You are also non-physical. Now, you have a soul and you also create your reality. And those three things are truly the only things you ever need to know to create more of the life that you want and to mm, continue to produce the emotions that you want to feel. Everything that you want is because is truly because if you have that, if you experience that, if you kiss that, you think that you will feel fill in the blank. And I really wanted to inform and educate and uplift people and help them understand how truly powerful they are, even even in conditions that don't seem like you're very empowered. I want people to understand that they have more charge over their state of being than than allowing the conditions to continually affect them. And I, I did it. People have to be ready for this way of thinking, because it, it's um, a loaded conversation when you're talking about a foundation of the law of attraction, that you are attracting what happens, right? Absolutely. And yet, whether you like it or not, you are. And so that's that's the reality. At least that's what I that's what I assign to. And that's the whole that's the whole premise of my book and and the coaching that I do. And that's not in a blameful. That's not at all being assigned as a blame that you're doing wrong. It's more. Can you take that and understand, make those correlations between how you're thinking and feeling and what's happening and how you've been thinking and feeling and what's coming and what's happening. And so I, I want people to understand that they are way more in charge of certainly their emotional state and what then manifests as a result than most people actually understand or get themselves credit for. And in terms of the title, um, I, I bounced back and forth and I, and I was talking to my editor the one day and we were going back and forth with a few things. And I, what came out of my mind was we're really making this way too complicated and it was keep it simple, smarty pants, and it just popped in. And that's, and so I went with that. It's like, that's it. That's it. That's it. Here I am. Here I am right here trying to overthink what my title is going to be. And I was complicating it. And I was introducing a whole bunch of factors that had nothing to do with the title, that had nothing to do with the moment. So it was keep, keep it simple, smarty pants, because I do think that people are very, very smarty pants. 
So and I mean that as a compliment. That I, I, I totally get it. Let me ask you this question. And the notion of what you're trying to convey, folks, is it are you are you changing like trying to change people's not personality, but their response or reaction in certain situations. So for example, I mentioned this ruck run that I went on and it's thirty seven degrees out and I was looking for a, a hat and a pair of gloves that I had put in a certain spot. Now they weren't put away appropriately according to my wife, but they were put in a spot and then it was moved. And so I assumed that she moved them and I was kind of been out of shape about it. And I responded in a way that I probably should, I could have taken a different approach to it. I mean, is that, is that the, like, is that what you're trying to do? Like you got a problem, you got the situation. Okay. My personality normally would go at it in this direction. Do I try to pivot to another direction or try to look at it a different way or, or is it more complicated than that? It's really not more complicated than that. Again, it's keep it simple, smarty pants. And it really is about taking charge, having agency over your responses and your reactions. And, and, and what I want to always convey is you're not wrong for having reactions to life. It's like, but when you do have reactions, then do some reflection and ask yourself, could I have handled that differently? Did that feel good? Do I want to keep thinking? Do I want to keep blaming my wife for, for having moved my, my cheese, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. No, right? like the book, write the book. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's why I said that. And so, so it really is about understanding that you can, you have more agency in your life than you're likely taking and giving yourself credit for and to understand that things in your life, the emotions that you're feeling are information. They're not something to be used to beat yourself up for feeling, and they're not something to be to ignore or to avoid. But it's take that emotional information that you're receiving with every thought that you think, really, every experience that you're having, you're having an emotional, some emotional content in that moment. And so, again, that sounds a little too heady because I've got to think about all the things I'm feeling, but it's just the idea that you are having emotional responses and and you can change how you feel about things. And that's the other thing about the book is that a lot of people think that I have this condition or this is happening in my life or I had this past and this is how I was brought up. This was my childhood or this is happening in my now. And, and people decide, make decisions about that and they feel a certain way about that. And they don't ever, for the most part, Ask themselves, could I feel differently about that? Because. So, oh, sorry to interrupt. The, we've, we've got two minutes before the break. Yeah. And I think during during the previous break, you had said, because we've got three guests on that we're going to do some discussion uh, with using using some tips uh, with your book. You had mentioned that you wanted the guests to think about something before. So maybe now's a good time yeah. to discuss that. And then when we go uh, come back from break, we can get the ball rolling. All right. So I'd like everybody who's present and who will be listening on this to think about we're going to play this game of of sunshine, cloud and rainbow. And so I'd like with sunshine, I'd like you to describe in one word how something that you feel good about in one word, how that feels. Pick a subject and describe in one word how it feels a good feeling subject. Number two, a cloud, something that you feel bad about in one word the emotion. And then after that, we're going to do a rainbow, something that you're looking forward to in one word. How does that feel? Does that make sense? Okay. So, so and we can explain more coming up right here on the heart of innovation. So stay with us. 
ago, my symptoms started with leg pain and leg cramps while walking. Me too, with a tightness in my calves. Well, do you know, my doctor thought that my leg cramps were a side effect of the statin he prescribed me. Well, my doctor just brushed them off as another symptom of old age. Mine thought the pain was radiating from my spine. My doctor blamed my neuropathy on diabetes until I got a wound on my foot that just wouldn't heal. Yeah, it turns out we all have peripheral artery disease, also known as PAD. It's plaque buildup mainly in the leg arteries causing poor circulation. For me, the diagnosis came too late and I lost my leg. But that does not have to happen to you. No, it does not because there are treatment options available if you're diagnosed early enough. PAD. Peripheral artery disease. If you've been experiencing leg pain, leg cramps, or neuropathy when walking, and your doctor isn't hearing you, we are. We are the way to my heart, the largest support network for peripheral artery disease patients. And we want to help you get back on your feet again. Visit our website at thewaytomyheart.org or call our LegSaver hotline, 415-320-7138. Your life and limb could depend on it. Welcome back to the Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Everyone, we are talking again to Christine Meyer. She's the author of Keep It Simple, Smarty Pants. And before the break, she was talking about sunshine, clouds, and rainbows, and a little game that we can play. So, Christine, we're going to let you quickly go through the rules of the game again, and then uh, I think John and I are going to play the game before we get to some callers. Awesome. So, so sunshine, cloud, and a rainbow. The intention with this is to pick one word to describe how you're feeling about something that feels good to you. That's the sunshine. So pick a subject, think of something that when you think about it, you feel good. What's that one word, that feeling? Number two, cloud. What is a subject in your life that feels like a cloud? And pick one word to describe how you're feeling about that. Identify how you're feeling. Don't make it complicated. And then rainbow. What's one thing that feels good to you that you're looking forward to? And pick one word to describe the feeling of that. And the purpose of that, I'll tell you after you do it. Okay, so you want us to think about something we're feeling, something that brings sunshine, and then how it makes us feel. So I would say, first off, completely inspired. Okay. And I would say satisfaction. Uh Affection, is that what you said? Satisfaction. 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 Okay, great. Okay. All right. Now pick the cloud. The cloud. Disappointment. Doubt. Okay. Now pick the rainbow. Ooh, uh, the rainbow. Hope. Hope. I use the word hope. Did you? Yeah, we both said it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now to you, to you both. What I wanting to demonstrate with that game is the idea that when you focus on the sunshine, you felt that positive emotion. When you focused on the cloud. You felt the negative emotion. But you could actually, the tone of our voices was very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And when you thought about the rainbow, you felt positive emotion. And so there's no wrong or right way to answer this other than the one word that is feeling. And the reason for that game or demonstration is so that, so that people listening in and people who are here to understand that when you, it's focus, it's how you're, it's focus. When you thought about the sunshine, you felt good. When you thought about the cloud, you felt bad. When you thought about the rainbow, again, and I, and I prefaced it with thinking about something that you're looking forward to in the rainbow, but you felt better. And so that demonstrates to you that when you're thinking, you're having that emotional response. You have emotions that come with certain subjects. And if you keep focusing on the cloud, you're going to miss the sunshine and you're going to miss the rainbow. Okay. So does that, you know, the, the feeling that I had with cloud, I said doubt. So mm-hmm. because I said the word doubt, does that then me thinking about doubt, does that ultimately affect the actions or the outcome of what is happening at that time? So, so like, well, what it does is it clouds your judgment. If you move forward in doubt, if you continue to think about whatever that is that feels doubtful in the way that it feels, then you continue to perpetuate doubt and you continue to perpetuate perhaps the conditions that are playing around that. But if you say, wait a minute, I've identified that I feel doubt. So here's the step further for that. I've identified that I feel doubt around that. Could I feel better about that? Is there a different way I could look at that that feels better to me? And the reason for that is because, again, if you saw a wall in front of you and and you, you walked toward it and you bumped into it once, would you keep would you keep walking toward it and bumping into it? Or would you say, well, wait a minute, there's got to be a better way. I'm going to walk around the wall or I'm going to go out of the room and find a different way. So emotions are the same way because we keep bumping into these things and we believe that it's like a wall that is a stagnant fixed thing and emotions are not. You can do something about it. And the reason why, why would you do that? Why would you try and improve how you feel about something that feels like it's not anything to be happy about, anything to feel better about? Because your life is now. Your life is now. And so if you continue to bump into the wall, consider the idea that you could feel differently about it. There's a there's another approach. And now again, there's more to this conversation, but that's the premise. That's that's the that's the game to play to understand where you're focused and to understand that you could change your focus. And I'm I encourage people to, all right, if you've got a cloud, ask yourself. Or tell yourself, I'd like to feel better about this. You don't even have to know how. But then have that subject that is a sunshine and have that subject that is a rainbow handy so that when you're focused and you're going down the rabbit hole of the cloud, do I want to go down the rabbit hole of my cloud? Because I know that the more I go down my rabbit hole, the more rabbits I get. I don't think I want more rabbits. Okay, so we want to get to Douglas. We only have a couple minutes left in this, so we'll make the first answer pretty short. We have one minute. Douglas, you want to throw a question our way, and we'll get to the answer when we get back? You're muted. I had three words also. My sunshine was my brother. My uh, cloudy was my graph. And my (coughs) rainbow was kayaking in Aranzas Pass. All right, now identify the emotions that go with that. So the first one was happy. Second Next one. one was sad. And then I, I also had hopeful for the last one. 
Good. I love that everyone has hope. And coming up right here on The Heart of Innovation, we'll have more hope bringing. So stay with us. (laughs) How do you explain peripheral artery disease and how it affects you to family and friends to help them understand? Hi, I'm Kim McNicholas with The Way to My Heart with this week's medical notepad brought to you by Cardiovascular Systems Incorporated's patient advocacy campaign, Take a Stand Against Amputation and The Way to My Heart. Let's talk about peripheral artery disease or PAD. Some call it PAD which you can explain to family and friends as restricted blood flow in mainly the leg arteries due to plaque buildup. Just as the pipes get clogged in your sink, so too can the pipes or your arteries in your body. How do you explain what pad feels like? Well, tell your loved ones to imagine the feeling of having a tourniquet tied around your legs 24-7. That's what it feels like to have PAD. More specifically, when I walk, I start to feel a tugging in my calf. The more I walk, the tugging turns into cramping, which I may also feel in my thighs and buttocks if narrowing becomes significant higher up between my knees and abdomen. As I push further and walk, I feel what I can only liken to the worst Charlie horse I've ever experienced. That's when I need to stop and rest until I get relief. What helps PAD? Say, doctors tell me that walking is the best medicine. I can usually push through some of the cramping because I know with every step I take, my body responds to increased demand for blood flow by building a network of collateral vessels. Our bodies are amazing. The collateral vessels create a natural bypass to reroute flow around the blockages. Think about a major highway where lanes are blocked due to an obstacle. Vehicles can take the side roads and re-enter the freeway just beyond the obstacle. That's just like our collateral network. So the key is to walk, walk, walk. And walk with me if you can. Just be patient and even sit on the curb with me when I need to rest so I don't feel so alone in this journey. For most people, walking along with blood thinners and maybe a statin to control my cholesterol, as well as healthier eating habits and nixing the nicotine, of course, works to stall progression of PAD. But if lifestyle modifications and medicine are not enough, Charlie horses may start waking me up at night due to a lack of blood flow. Depending on the severity, I may have to dangle my legs over the side of the bed to get gravity to help increase flow to my feet or even stand up and pace until I get relief. That's when I know I need an advanced skilled PAD specialist, which could be a vascular surgeon, it could be an interventional cardiologist or interventional radiologist who could do a little clean out of my arteries. It's important that we get multiple opinions and sit as a family to discuss them all and decide what's best for me prior to any procedure because different doctors have different tools and techniques. But you need to know that amputation as an option signals failure, not treatment. And we must always be ready to find a new doctor who will exhaust all advanced efforts that are available to help me keep my limbs. If you want to learn more about PAD, go to standagainstamputation.com. And for real-time support and answers to your questions, go to thewaytomyheart.org. With this week's medical notepad, I'm Kim McNicholas with The Way to My Heart. Remember, always check with your own healthcare provider before acting on 
any information provided in this series to ensure that it's right for you. Welcome back to The Heart of Innovation. For more on today's topic, go to theheartofinnovation.org. That's theheartofinnovation.org. Once again, here's Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas and interventional cardiologist Dr. John Phillips. Welcome back to the show. Before the break, we had Douglas. He was a caller. He's talking about his rainbow, his cloud, his sunshine. Reverse that. And Douglas, it's to you. What's your question? Well, the question would be is we all wake up with pains and aches through the disease. How do we get our morning started so that the day will be on a positive term instead of starting off in the cloudy situation? Well, I think first is acknowledging that while the pain is there, emotionally, you could feel differently. You can separate an emotion from a condition that you're feeling. So when you wake up in the morning, typically most people get up and think what they thought yesterday. And then they get on that train that they were on yesterday. So I recommend for people to take a few minutes when they're in bed and just lay down on their bed and feel the comfort of their bed. Think about the sun rose. The sun will set tonight. The universe, the earth is spinning in its orbit. And there's nothing to do with that. Think about the comfort of your blankets and think about the comfort of your pillow and think about really easy subjects that are far out and sort of away from you and also providing you some comfort in your now. And so the reason for that is because you start to integrate the idea that while this condition is present and it's real for me, there's also comfort. There's also there's also something that feels good in my environment. And it focus. It's deliberately choosing your thought in the morning. And now I heard somebody say earlier that it's easier for them later in the day. And I'll say perhaps to that, typically it's harder for people in the day to find a better feeling thought because they've gone through the whole day with pain. They've gone through the whole their day with the contrast that they're they're experiencing, some of the struggles that they feel they're having with their condition, or they've had an argument with someone. So truly the best time of the day to decide to have a few moments at least of of distraction from the, the thing that has you sort of consumed in the negative emotion is to do that first thing in the morning. If you want, you could lay there and think about the dog that you love or your children that you love or your grandkids that you love or it doesn't, the, the hot shower that feels so good. It, it doesn't really matter. But you got to make a conscious choice, right? You well, got to make a that's conscious the point. You have uh, to make a, a conscious decision. For many this people, because if you're sitting there in debilitating pain, it, it, it is a little bit more challenging to go straight there, right? Go straight. Yes, to the- but you have moments, you have moments, you have moments during your day and you have moments when you're sleeping that you're not aware of pain. And so the only way you can you can get to a more positive thinking link is by choosing it. And that's first thing in the morning. You can be in your bed and just feel some satisfaction that you're comfortable in your bed or your pillow. If you're not comfortable, then don't pick that. Pick something else. But decide that, oh, the sunshine is up. The sun is up. And whether it's the sun is shining or not, it's a new day. 
this is my time right now that I can focus in such a way that feels better to me. And I'm going to think of things right now that are easy for me to think about that feel off the subject of my discomfort and on a subject or in a very general way, something that is benign. Well, look at how that candle is flickering or there are multiple ways to focus yourself. But yes, it is a conscious choice. It's a decision just for a few minutes. And that's all it takes is a couple minutes every day. And it's cumulative. And it doesn't have to be anything in particular, does it? There's no right way to do it. It's just, what can I think about right now? Can I just feel, again, I, I keep going back to the comfort of my bed, the ease of, of having a pillow behind my head. The, the material feels good. It, it, it doesn't sound like it's very productive and you think, but I want to fix something else. And that's the point. I'm not trying to get you to fix anything. I'm trying to get you to understand that as you change your focus, you can in some even if it's for a few short moments, give yourself relief from the negative emotion and from the, 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 the incessant focus on your condition onto something that doesn't feel so bad. That's it. And we have Elizabeth here. Elizabeth, what's your question for Christine? My question is, okay, if we, let's say, get into our happy place just for a few minutes, how do you sustain that power of intention that you have you know, got when you woke up in the morning. I mean, doing it, doing it just for a few seconds, but how do we get through that day and sustain it? Like anything that you practice, right? You can't, you, you can't sustain it every moment of every day, all day long, certainly not off the bat. So it's practice. It's reminding yourself. You could even set a timer throughout the day. Say, how am I feeling now? And how would I rather feel? What else could I focus on that would feel good? So, so it, again, it's integrating that practice First thing in the morning is the perfect time. But yes, you can certainly do it throughout your day. And I like encouraging people to set a timer. I'm going to set a timer every hour. I'm going to set a timer, whatever, for you. And and when that timer goes off, I'm going to ask myself, how am I feeling? And do I want to keep focusing in this way? What have I been thinking? I've been focused on my pain. Well, is there something that I can focus that is separate from my pain right now just to have some relief for a minute or two? And emotionally, right? Not emotionally, physically, but emotionally, emotionally, not physically. You're yes. not going to make your pain go away necessarily in that moment, but you might be less aware of your pain when you're focused on something that isn't pain. Focusing on your pain does not make your pain go away. Right. It just doesn't. And so the idea of this practice is for you to start training your brain to find better feeling thoughts to have so that you have a perspective of your condition that over time is not consuming you so are you able to then just you continue to build on these little baby steps throughout the day or or whatnot and you're practicing and you kind of build a a callus to some degree maybe to to that to to the to the pain or whatever it is the ailment that's that's bringing you down yeah it's not that it's not to build a callus it's to understand that you can have a a, a sore hip or a sore leg or or pain in your body and you can still feel hopeful you can you can still find joy in moments even when your condition exists so it's it's learning to live under fewer conditions that are controlling you and more in charge of your focus and so it's not to be callous it's understanding and paying attention to when i look at that and when i think of that subject in that way it hurts me it hurts me so what else can I think about that hurts me less? 
Or how can I think about that in a way that hurts me less? And that's I think you bring up a really good point. It's it's the less, right? How do I feel less pain? How do I feel less stressed? How do I feel less anxious? We're not going and jumping across the river, right? It's little by little, not going from sad to happy. No, no. And less sad. Right. And we've had conversations before where I'm not at all saying to anyone ever, you need to get happy from your, your, your depression. You need to get happy from, from your discouragement. What I'm saying is, can you feel a little less depression? Can you feel a little less discouraged? And you do that again by thinking about that rainbow, the, the sunshine cloud and rainbow game. And you do that by deciding going for this, the next two minutes, I'm going to focus on something that I know I feel good about. When I'm thinking about that. I can't be thinking about that. You you can't be. You might go back and forth, but you can't be thinking about the pain in your body when you're thinking about something else. Fantastic. Well, coming up on the Heart of Innovation, we have another caller for Christine to help. So stay with us. This show is distributed by the Innovators Network. For more information and other great shows and content, visit theinnovators.network. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 